I hope that was the last song. Right? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, good morning. Yes, we have an intimate uh, gathering this morning, and I don't know if anything has been announced yet, so please forgive me if it, if it already has, but we will be meeting next Sunday. Same time. I'll try to keep it short. I know, it's, you know we want to be with our families, especially if we have young ones in the whole nine yards, but we'll keep it short. Um, and, and believe me, I'm, I'm so thankful for a godly wife and partner in ministry because before I even had a chance to say anything about it, she said, we will be meeting on Christmas. <laughs> and she said, well, you know, let alone it's going to be, you know, it's inconvenient for this is, this is why we're here. And so why should we take off on that day that we choose to celebrate? Amen. So if you can be here, great. We look forward to it. If you can't, you're traveling or whatever the reason. I'm not, no condemnation, uh, but would love for you to be here. And, uh, and those who are listening or watching, please, the same would go for you. I also want to give thanks, thanks and praise, because uh, every week uh, we pray together for, you know, sick and, and for many of the needs that we have in this body and, and, you know, those of us who call the body. And God is good. You know, there are those still who are sick among us, but there are those who have recovered among us. Amen? And so we are thankful for the recovery and of those who are in this room right now who have recovered, but then and in the next room, and those who also who maybe not, are not here, but are on the road to recovery because God is Jehovah Rapha. He's the God that heals. Amen? So thank you, Lord God. Again, I thank you, and I'm so um, humbled. Father, even though there are few, Father, you're here. And so, Lord, I pray that, again, that I'm out of the way and that no matter what I think, no matter what I feel, that your words come forth, Father, with the full force of your spirit behind it. Father, I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen? Amen. So we've been all about mind control over the last little while, the last few weeks or so. So I think if the Lord wills today, will probably be the last, um, the last day. And, and, you know, I say that, but we still study so many of the same scriptures and they cross and all that. And I think a lot of what we say or a lot of what God has has given us, it, um, it flows together because I see as we hopefully come in uh, and look at this teaching and there's so much crossover from where we've been all over the, over the last few months. But we'll begin here in Philippians 2.5, let this mind be in you which was also in Christ Jesus. And so I, I, I say, my brothers and sisters, as I was studying in uh, Isaiah, this is going to be very familiar to all, all of you, right? In Isaiah chapter 55, you just write it down. It won't be up on the screen. And Tony, thank you for leaving that up. Um, in Isaiah 55, verse 8, For my thoughts are not your thoughts, nor your ways my ways, says the Lord. For as high as the heavens are higher than the earth, so my ways are higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. But my brothers and my sisters, you know, we know that Jesus is God in the flesh. And so... It's asking us, or the Bible is commanding us, that this mind that was in Christ be in us. But we have to look at the scripture in its totality. Even though Jesus is God in the flesh, let's go back now to Philippians. In chapter 2, beginning verse 3. Let nothing be done through selfish ambition or conceit, 
but in lowliness of mind, let us each esteem others better than himself. Let each of you look out not only for his own interests, but also for the interests of others. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God, did not consider robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation, taking the form of a bondservant, and coming in the likeness of men. Look at verse 8 with me. And being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death even to the death of the cross. Therefore, God also has highly exalted him and given him the name which is above every name. Now, my brothers and my sisters, I know that in part and parcel, we've been in this scripture or hovering around many of these scriptures um, for quite a while, in and out and, and different. But, but my, do you understand? When, I, when I'm speaking and, and I feel like God is leading me in a certain direction, I want to study the scriptures to make sure that I'm actually hearing God. So when I study the scriptures and I see, let this mind be in you, which is also in Christ, and then I read something in Isaiah, which I can't have that mind. I can't think the same as God. His thoughts are high above my thoughts. So now I have to marry these two. And there it is. Jesus was God, and he didn't, he didn't want to hang on. He didn't have to grasp God. Instead, what he did was humble himself. See, and, and so let this mind that was in Christ Jesus also be in you. So no matter how big and bad, no matter how much this ministry grows, no matter you know, how much knowledge and wisdom that God gives me, and no matter how many things that I say that prove to be right, I still need to be humble. Never think so highly. And never, ever, ever uh, give myself the idea that I've arrived. There's no more left to learn. There's, there's no more teaching there's no more i have to stay humble are, are, are you with me and 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 i like I, I i love what it says therefore god also has highly exalted him and given him the name which is above every name because jesus because jesus humbled himself he was exalted that speaks to me amen Oh, God, God, see the word, the word, you have to study the word, my brothers and my sisters. You can't just read a verse, pull something out, and then go with that, and this is what's going to guide my life. No, we need to study what the word says. We have to, you know, and so many people would ha have us to, to believe or think or put ideas in our young people's minds that this is such an ancient writing and none of, none of those stories are really true. They're just allegorical and trying to prove points and blah, 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 blah. And in some cases, take it as far as saying that's man's way of controlling other men. Through No, this is the word of God. Oh, and it contradicts itself. No, it doesn't. Study it. Study it. And you'll see, amen? So now... We are studying on Wednesdays, those of us who were together, I thank you guys, so we small group, group on Wednesday, we're in James, and uh, I'm going to go back there, but for you guys that were here on Wednesday, don't think that I'm repeating what we talked about, but it just has, God is so good. James 1, this is where we started our Wednesday study, James 1, verse 26, if anyone among you thinks he is religious and does not bridle his tongue, but deceives his own heart, this one's religion is useless. Pure and undefiled religion before God and the Father is this, to visit orphans and widows in their trouble and to keep oneself unspotted from the world. My brothers and sisters, now you know, and we had the discussion, Eddie was, was very, gave the question on Wednesday and we were there and we talked about religion. You know, religion isn't really what we're following. Religion in this case, even though uh, 
the apostle by the Holy Spirit is using this word, really what he's saying is, is anyone's piety, outward appearance of following God or a deity, anyone's outward appearance of religion, that's what he's meaning by this. If anyone among you thinks he's religious, if you're following a certain dogma and you're doing it externally, are you there? Is everybody with me? That's what he's talking about. Because you and I are, if we're born again, it's not about religion now. It's not about us trying to read this book and then we're going to live our life by that. No, no, no. It's about relationship now. It's about understanding that God is love and love is action and activity. And love is more than just, if you love me, you're going to keep me these commandments. Even though he said that, it's more than that. If you love me because I love you, I've already taken action. And because I love you, I'm going to come and reside, make my abode with you. And I'm going to help you to keep those commandments. Right? That's what, so it's not religion. It's not, remember, it's not behavior modification. It's transformation. Amen? Amen? I can't help it. This is so good. This is good stuff. So look what it says in verse 27 with me. Pure and undefiled religion or piety or really following God and the, and, and the Father is this, to visit orphans and widows in their trouble. So you should take care of those who are, listen, come on, you should take care of those who are in need. If you truly are following God, it's not going to be about eating certain foods, honoring certain holidays. If you're truly honoring God, if you truly have a relationship with God, you're going to take care of those who are less fortunate than you. But now look at this. And to keep oneself unspotted from the world. And I highlighted that because that's kind of where we're going, part of where we're going to be going today. All of it is true. So we need to make sure that we're doing that and we're very mindful of that. Everybody, um, say everybody, even the heathen during the holiday, even though they don't realize they're, they're honoring Christmas in a secular way, they still feel a little bit more charitable uh, during the Christmas holiday, right? And that's a good thing. I'm not saying that it's bad, but it's not just about that. Amen? Okay, so, so good. I'm glad we agree. So now later in James, and those of us who've been studying James, we'll get here eventually, but later in James, look what it says in, in 4, in the second half of verse 4. Whoever therefore wants to be a friend of the world makes himself an enemy of God. Or do you think that the scripture says in vain, the spirit who dwells in us earns, I'm sorry, yearns jealousy. But he gives more grace. Therefore, he says, God resists the proud, but gives grace to the humble. Okay, so now watch. Okay, what does this have to do with anything? Remember where we started. In Philippians, Jesus humbled himself. Right? So this is saying, so now watch. I can't be all proud and puffed up because I'm walking a certain way now. Because God has, has helped me clean up and do some things. And, I'm, and I know now I have some knowledge. And so, you know, no, I still need to humble myself and be humble. Why? So God can give me, extend more grace. Because after all, the only reason why I am what I am, the only thing good that comes through me is of God. Amen. I have no right to make a boast. My boast is in Christ Jesus. Are you there? God resists the proud, but gives grace to the humble. God, is, God doesn't want, if you think that you're all of that in a bag of chips, yeah, that's all you are and that's all you'll ever be. Because God is not going to empower you to do anything. But God gives grace. Well, God gives mercy, unmerited favor. God can, empowers you. We know what the definition of grace is, right? But look where that verse started. Whoever wants to be a friend of the world. Tony, would you please go back to 27 of that uh, last scripture, James? 
Verse 27. There you go. And that's why, to keep oneself unspotted from the world. So if, if you're wanting to be friendly with the world or not be in enmity or at odds with the world, well, we're supposed to be peace. Yeah, you peace as much as you can keep peace. But you should not want to look like them, act like them, or make peace with them by compromising with them. Amen. Come on. So this is what this is saying. So if I'm doing that, this, number one, right, pure religion, or really being pious, really being born again, really being a follower of God means you keep yourself unspotted from the world. You're humbling yourself. You keep yourself unspotted from the world, amen? And when you do that, God, God gives you more grace. Amen? amen? Okay. So now let's go to Hebrews, because this, this Hebrews passage I've been in for a couple of weeks and didn't know what was going on until today. In Hebrews chapter 13... Beginning in verse 7, I'll be reading from the ESV. Remember your leaders, those who spoke to you the word of God. Consider the outcome of their way of life and imitate their faith. Let me pause here for a minute, okay? Over the years, there have been leaders who have, um, you know, celebrity preachers or preachers who have been in the pulpits and, and they've fallen. And, and, they're, and, you know, what a, and so when I, when I was meditating on this even days ago, and specifically Wednesday, to be honest, Wednesday I really leaned on it. Um, I was thinking about uh, the spiritual leaders in my life that I could possibly imitate. Well, I've been fortunate. I've had some, uh, some close um, you know, uh, people in my life who've taught me and, and who've in, in and of themselves, while I won't you know, stand here and say that they were perfect and blah, 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 but I do know that they actually believed what they were teaching and preaching and they lived it a, a, the best that they could, okay? So then I also look, and so who, who you know, a, a, as it relates to who some of the famous ministers are, you know who came to my mind and my heart? It was Billy Graham. And you know why? Because Billy Graham was in the public eye for decades. And you know, if they really wanted to defame him, they could have. If there was anything that they could have brought up, they would have. They would have. And I've heard people criticize Billy Graham in the past. Of, oh, it's just a whitewash, you know, watered-down gospel and all that other stuff. Phooey. He preached the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. He wasn't a pastor. He was an evangelist. And that's what he did. And he did it well. Amen? Awesome. Awesome. So that was the one leader. But now, then I think about, okay, so... In this day and age that we live in, you know, who, who can we t tell our kids to look at or to imitate? So I, I want to say this to you parents and grandparents in the room and maybe listening and watching. We owe it to them to be a godly example. You men, you're the, the, God said this, not Tony. You're the spiritual leader of your house. Are you giving your children something that they should imitate? See, again, I know that when I say these things, it, it's a little bit heavy and, and, you know, not real popular or whatever. And it's, you know, it's, but it's not meant to being, be condemn, con condemning in any way. It really isn't. 
No, and, and, and again, you guys have heard me say several times, especially you guys have been with me in years, by me saying these things, in no way am I saying, I've got this cornered, I'm, I'm you know, no. I'm a better grandfather than I was a father. <laughs> Thank God I didn't hear an amen from... <laughs> but, but that's because wisdom, more learning, more, right? Learn not to sweat the small stuff. But my brothers and sisters, I'm still trying to grow in the Lord and be a better example for my chi children, my children's children, your, you, your children. And we all, if we all did that, man, I learned from people that are younger than me in some cases. I learned from, you know, just be observant. Eat the meat and spit out the bones. I don't expect for someone to be perfect, but if there's someone that is living, trying their best, I can learn. Amen. So I, I didn't mean to go that deep into that, but okay, imitate their faith. Verse 8, Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, forever. Do not be led away by diverse and strange teachings. No, that goes for in the church and out of the church. Both. For it is good for the heart to be, listen, strengthened by grace, not by foods which have been, not benefited those devoted to them. Now, that word grace, as you know, is charis. And the reason why, I'm not trying to impress you with the, the, you know, the Greek words and all that, but I want you to know that when we go to these other scriptures, what it, it's the same Greek word, but it might not be translated in the same English. Amen? Okay. So now, let's, let, let me go back for a minute. For it is good for the heart to be strengthened by grace. This is awesome stuff. This is awesome, because now it's not, okay, I'm strengthened because God's unmerited favor. No, well, God favors me so I can, you know, I can be pretty happy and proud about that. It's like when I was a younger person, I knew that if anybody did me any harm, man, they're going to have to answer to my daddy, my father, my, my earthly father. Because he, he would have, if you laid a hand on me, you were going to get decked. That's just the way it is. I mean, if you're an adult, not a kid, he didn't find any. Do you understand what I'm saying to you? So it's not like I could be all boastful and cocky and I'm not going to sell wolf tickets because I got dad backing me up. No, no, no. That's not what that's saying. It's saying your heart should be strengthened, listen, because you have the favor of God. No, you have God's strength in you. You have an ability to do those things that God has asked you to do. You can, you can understand what his will is for your life now. Because his spirit is now in you and you understand what his will is. And it's not just him command, do this, do this. He's saying, come on, let's do this. You have his partnership. You have, hallelujah. That's the God who spoke things into existence. He, he comes into my heart and he blesses me. He strengthens me so my heart is strengthened. Listen, so when it says my heart is strengthened, does it mean that now my heart, my heart physical heart, has a greater uh, advantage in pumping blood? Of course not. What, so what is that really speaking to? My mindset, my heart, my, my, the, the, my emotions, everything that I am, my thought, everything that I am. Now it's strengthened, it's bolstered. I don't have to have, I don't, listen, I'm not as easily swayed. There's no doubt. I'm straight, I'm, come on, are you feeling me? Come on. The heart to be strengthened by grace, not by foods which have benefited those devoted to them. See, see have, you see what it's saying here? It's not now about um, any um, religious doctrine or dogma that you're following. It's the grace of God in your heart that, does, that makes the difference. It's you being humble, 
receiving the grace of God. It's God's grace that's giving me the strength, the abilities. Are you there? This is awesome stuff. So remember the platform. What am I thinking? Even last week, be anxious for nothing. But, but, all, but, but be thankful in all things by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving let your request be made known to God and the peace of God which surpasses understanding shall guard your hearts and mind Come, right Isn't, so you see the similar you see where this is you see where all this lines up okay I want this peace of God that passes all understanding to guard my heart and my mind okay but it says be, it started be anxious for not don't keep rolling remember what we were talking about last week don't keep meditating on these things and be anxious for these things right losing sleep and, and worried about this and worried about that and he's saying no no you know with thanksgiving be thankful and there's this peace this grace this strength I'm, I'm, so it's not now about how good my performance is it's not about me following certain religious rules and regulations. It's about me being humble and thankful before God and now having His grace in me, strengthening me, leading me and guiding me. Amen? This is awesome. This is very awesome. Gosh. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. What am I thinking? What am I meditating on? What am I meditating on? What am I, what am I worried about? What am I, what am I thinking about? What am I keep rolling over and over in my mind? What's important to me? Amen. It, 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 yeah, I want to give everything that I am to God. I want to just, you know, I want to, I, I just, but there's so many, I'm so busy. I've got so many things to do. The word of God, uh, you know, it's back there somewhere and, you know, I mean to do it. And, and, and I want to be a good example to my kids, but, you know, they work on your last nerve and then, yeah. I want to be good to my kids. The kids are always acting a fool. You know, I don't know if they're ever going to be saved. Mm. Not according to your performance. It's according to His grace. Right? What are you thinking? What are you thinking? Mind control. But the enemy continues to bombard us. And we continue to let him. Again, I, I could stand here and we can talk together about, you know, last week we brought up the, uh, the um, influencers. You know, internet influencers and, you know, all of the things that our children and a lot of us continue to as long as you have a phone I mean you're always linked up and you're always doing things and I gave you some examples last week but that still is so big it's so huge what are we listening to what are we watching and those things start to bombard us what are we thinking it's no wonder why our thoughts we got to let this mind be in Christ that it was in Christ also be in us amen be humble that wasn't the case. I'm going to take you back. You just bear with me here. In Genesis chapter 6, verse 5. The Lord saw that the wickedness of man was great in the earth and that every intent of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. 
And the Lord was sorry that he made man on earth. And he was grieved in his heart. So the Lord said, I will destroy man whom I've created from the face of the earth, both man and beast, creeping thing, birds of the air, for I am sorry that I've made them. Look at verse eight with me. But Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. Noah found what? Grace. Grace. Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. In the eyes of the Lord. See, Noah didn't achieve anything or do anything. Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. The grace was extended by the Lord toward Noah. Had nothing to do with Noah, right? This is an amazing thing, but look at, I want to go back. Um, Every intent and thoughts of his heart were only evil continually. And God, God, he repented God. God was sorry that he made man upon the earth. So is God saying there, I made a mistake? No. I, re- I made a mistake. I don't, I'm going to just destroy his heart. No. You know what this means? God's heart was so heavy. His heart wouldn't have been heavy if he didn't love man. His heart was so heavy. He was so sorrowful. He was so full of sorrow because of the condition of man. So he extended grace toward a man. Does it say that Noah's thoughts were not evil continually? Do you think Noah was totally pure in his thoughts and his imaginations and in his actions? You think he was pure? No. But Noah found grace in the eyes of God. God always extending grace. God loved man. God created man in his own image and always extending grace and mercy. We see that, oh, it was, he was so harsh. In the, he was always extending grace and mercy. And then finally, he himself taking a body and doing the ultimate for us. Noah found grace. So I want to ask you, knowing what I know and seeing what I see in the scripture, is it possible that there was maybe a sliver of humility in Noah. See, because when I see about being humble and God will extend grace to the humble, right? So is there possibly that God knew that there was a sliver of, even though he still was like everybody else, his thoughts and, and in his actions, but was there maybe a sliver of humility? I, you know, based on what I read, you believe what you want. I'm not saying, thus saith the Lord. I'm just saying, based on what I read and what I study, I, I believe that there probably, there probably was a sliver of humility in Noah. Just as with Abraham. Abraham, he was a pagan. He was worshiping idols like everybody else. But God, <laughs> but God, So maybe there was a sliver of humility in Abraham. Hallelujah. So now let's go back to Hebrews. In Hebrews, remember your leaders, those who spoke to you the word of God, consider the outcome of their way of life and imitate their faith. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Do not be led away by the diverse and strange teachings, for it is good for the heart to to be strengthened by grace, not by foods which have not benefited those devoted to them. Verse 10, we have an altar from which those who serve the tent have no right to eat. 
for the bodies of those animals whose blood is brought into the holy places by the high priest as a sacrifice for sin, we burn outside the camp. So Jesus also suffered outside the gate in order to sanctify the people through his own blood. Therefore, let us go to him outside the camp and bear the reproach he endured. For here we have no lasting city, but we seek the city that is to come. What did he just say? Glad you asked. Look at, see what, what the comparison is now. It's good for the heart to be strengthened by grace and not necessarily follow these religious rules and bylaws and all of these other non-religious, the secular stuff that is going to be forced upon us and will continue to be forced upon us. We have an altar. Look at verse 10. We have an altar from which those who serve the tent have no right. What is he talking about, those who serve the tent? The tabernacle, the tabernacle of meeting. He's talking about like the law of Moses where they go in and, the, and get into the holies of holies. The priests and all of the holy places and all, all of, the whole, of those who are the, the bodies of those MC, they take the blood. You see what it's talking about? They, so watch. We'll talk real quick here. Whenever there was a sacrifice that was for sin, there were certain parts of that sacrifice that were kept. The blood was definitely ultimate. The blood had to be spilled. Without the, the shedding of blood, there's no remission. The rest of the animal, aside from a couple of certain parts, the certain parts were burned to the Lord as incense. The rest of the animal was taken outside and burned. It was, it was refuse. It was, come on. So that sin is gone. You're, t you're totally separated. That body of sin is done. The, the sacrifice is made. There's a remission of sin. The rest of the body, gone, done. Now, when there's covenants, now when there was a sacrifice made by the covenant, that there was something a little different, right? You know, you, yeah, the blood was still a, a, the major thing, a major issue. Let me give you a, um, an example. An example of that would be um, uh, in, when Moses, the last plague, remember the last plague when the children of Israel were being delivered. <clears throat> what did they do with the lamb? Remember what God said? If you don't have enough people in one house to consume it, share it. It has to be consumed. The blood still, lentil, doorposts, right? Stay in there. The death angel's going to pass. But th that was a covenant. That's also speaking later on. Hey, it was the Paschal Lamb. Who's our Paschal Lamb? Jesus, the covenant. So then Jesus says this. What does Jesus say? If you don't drink my blood and eat my flesh, you have no part with me. Why? Because it's a covenant. Yes, does it include the remission of sin? Yes, he spilled blood for the remission of sin. So you have both being shown in the, the you have both in Jesus the, the sacrificial animal and you have the covenant animal, both in Jesus. Amen? So now in this case, it's saying that that sacrifice was taken outside the gate and suffered. And it's saying we likewise should understand that what this is saying now. We're, we're, we become born again. We're not living in a bubble. We live outside in this world. We don't live in the city of God right now. We have the city of God. Oh, hallelujah. We have the city of God living in us. I said we have the city of God living in us. Come on. See, we have the city of God living in us. We're not living in the city of God but we have the city of God living in us. So now we go outside the gate 
and we have to, listen, endure. Isn't that what it says? Therefore, let us go to him outside the camp and bear the reproach he endured. Are you there? For here we have no lasting city, but we seek the city that is to come. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. This is kind of a boring teaching, isn't it? No, you're kind of quiet. This is, this is awesome stuff. This is awesome. So now, I'm going to go to Luke. This is so apropos. We've already talked about Noah. See what, what Noah did, right? What did Noah do? See, what Noah did was work on an ark for 120 years. God spoke to him. He found, Noah found grace in the sight of God. So God spoke to Noah. And now Noah is listening to the word of God and he's obeying, he's humble. He's not looking, hey God, there's not even, it hasn't even rained a drop on the earth and you're talking about flooding the earth. There's no water in my sight and you want me to build an ark. You're going to, come on. Nope. Noah humbled himself under the obedience of God's word and he built this ark. Again, awesome, speaks to humility and grace, right? And so God strengthened this man and probably his family, his sons, to build this ark, which had to be very big. You could get the sizes, it tells you. But my brothers and sisters, this is, this is not like going to the Ford assembly line and throwing something up. This is not like going to the port of Tampa and we're going to get this built. This is, come on, you understand what I'm saying to you. Hallelujah. So now let's go to Luke chapter um, 1, verse 26. Now in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent by God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth to a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. The virgin's name was Mary. And having come in, the angel said to her, Rejoice, highly favored one. The Lord is with you. Blessed are you among women. But when, listen, but when she saw him, she was troubled in, at his sayings and considered what manner of greeting this was. Then the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. You see that word favor? Caris. Same word as grace. You have found grace with God. Was Mary living a pure life and she was this great person? She deserved to be overshadowed by Holy Spirit and be the one to give birth to Jesus? No. But is it possible, again, that she, sat, she had a sliver of humility and, God, and that's why God chose her among everyone else? Because there was a sliver of humility. Come on. I, I, I'm not saying, please hear my heart. I'm not saying to you, and if this makes you not want to hear what I have to say, okay, but I'm just being honest with you. I am not standing here saying to you, thus saith the Lord. I have no scripture that says that. But what I'm saying to you is, when I read the scripture and God responds to humility, is it possible that these people had a sliver of humility that God recognized? Maybe, maybe not. But I do know this. Those people who found favor with God, those people who had God's grace extended to them did mighty things for God. God used them in a mighty way, didn't he? So now I read this scripture and this scripture tells me to be humble and God is extending grace to me? Hallelujah. Do I want to be the instrument that God has called me to be? Yes, I need his grace. I need his grace. I, I have to stay humble. I can't be prideful. It's not about me. It's not about me. It's about him. And I can't do anything lest he gives me grace. Hallelujah. 
Hallelujah. Are you there? Come on. I'm excited about this. So now we have, listen, we have Noah. He endured. We need to go outside the camp. Isn't that what it said in Hebrews? We need to go outside the gate. We need to go outside the camp and endure like he endured. So I see these two examples who didn't have Jesus to look to. Noah endured. Let me tell you what I mean. I'm going to read a section to you just to make sure that you understand where I'm coming from. In 2 Peter chapter 2, verses 4-6, through 6, For if God did not spare the angels who sinned, but cast them down to hell and delivered them into the chains of darkness to be reserved for judgment, and did not spare the ancient world, this is talking now, but saved Noah, one of eight people, a preacher of righteousness. Was Noah a preacher of righteousness before God spoke to him? While God, listen, remember in that chapter, if you go back to Genesis, it says, listen, I'm not going to strive with man. Man's days are 120 years. What does that mean? There's 120 years left and then it's all over. That's what God said. Go read it. Check it out. Okay? So now that means that Noah was building that ark for 120 years. He's building that ark for 120 years. We can't fathom that. But that's what happened. So he's building that ark for 120 years. While he's building that ark, he has all kinds of people every... What the... What are you doing? I'm going to speak, you know, Dade City, our vernacular. Are you... What are you doing? Look at what that... What are you doing? You crazy guy. What, what's wrong? Well, and he's preaching. He's saying... He's telling them, repent. God is about to do something. This, wor- this earth is about to be destroyed. You have to change your ways. You have to listen to God. You have to pay. There is a creator. There is a creator. You you have to change your ways. For 120 years, he's preaching and he's enduring. Now, let me ask you all something. Do you think that anybody mocked him, criticized him? Anybody tried to... Do you think that anybody maybe maybe, uh, vandalized at night or something? Do you think? I do. Why? Because I know humans. Come on. But he endured. Why? He was humble. God gave him grace. God, God, hallelujah, gave him grace. Strengthened him. Gave him the giddy up and go every day to go ahead for 120 years to build this thing. Believing God when it's not raining, there's no rain. There's no water in sight. And, And God is saying it's fixing to come a flood. And he just believed him. So then let's look forward now to Mary. We're looking back, but looking forward was no. Look, look to Mary. This young woman who was betrothed, she was already, it was already a done deal. When they're betrothed, when they're engaged, that's the same thing as being married. So let's, come on, that's a serious, you guys know this, in that culture, that's a serious thing. For her to be found with child would be huge. And it's not going to be like it is today. And, I've, and I said this one time a few Christmases ago, and I lost people because they got offended. Listen, getting pregnant out of wedlock right now is no big deal. Back then, you're going to get stoned to death. That culture, you're going to get stoned to death. Even, even in our culture early, I mean, if you did that, you weren't looked upon very nicely. Now, it's common, and you get paid for it. Oh, you didn't have to say that, Tony. Yeah, that's the way it is. That's the way it is. But uh, see, and so the reason why I bring that up is we can't really relate. I, I, I'm, I'm, I really want to explain and really want to relate to you 
how bad and how serious that was. So when the angel pronounces this to her, and, and then she's taken back, and then she says, okay, how is this going to happen? I haven't even known a man. I, I, no, how, how does this happen? The Holy Spirit's going to over, overshadow you. Let it be under your handmaiden as you just said. Okay, let it be. If that's God's will, have at it. She, what she was committing to, she knew in her heart and in her mind this was going to be big trouble in little China. This was going to be huge for her. She's taking on this thing, but she believed and trusted God, humbled herself before God, humbled herself to the extent that, okay, you're God, and I'm just little old me. Okay. Amen. Let it go. And see, my brothers and sisters, knowing that she was going to have to endure. But again, in our culture and in this world that we're living in, we can't relate to that. And, and even building an ark and all that. But I got to tell you, I got to believe that there's somebody in this room or maybe somebody watching, you have been told before and ridiculed or mocked for doing something that you knew absolutely beyond any shadow of any doubt was right. Amen. Amen. You knew it. And even if you, it took a while for God to deliver, and maybe you're in a position where God hasn't delivered yet. Endure. 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 Stay humble. Endure. See, but I, I got to be honest with you, my brothers and sisters, because when I was a young Christian, I thought this way myself. Well, I'm, I'm praying. I'm doing this. You know, I deserve this. Serious. And, and, and listen, there are people even in... There are doctrines that say that if you have faith like this, you know, you just name it and claim it, or it's not just that. If you do this, you're going to get that. And conversely, if something bad happens to you, it's because you're bad. Okay, Job. See, some, see, I'm telling you, Job's friends didn't have it right, right? You, you know that, right? But God... But God, but God who is all-knowing, but God who has my best interests at heart, I'm going to question, God, this is not supposed to happen to me. Is that humility? Is God going to give me grace on that? Surely, Proverbs 3.34 says this, Surely he scorns the scornful, but gives grace to the humble. That's powerful. Surely, he's, you're, you're going to mock, so you're going to be mocked. If you're going to mock, you're going to criticize. See, because we in the church could do that too. Those of us in the church who maybe we feel like we've come a long way, God has helped us to do certain things, so we have an expectation that everybody should be like that. Everybody should look like we look, or everybody, anybody who's suffering something, and it may not be, it may be something different. Somebody is continuing in a sin, and so, you know, we get a little bit, let's say, less than merciful about their issues. I, I, I used to be that way. Come on, man, that's juvenile, that's baby stuff. I used to be that way. But you know what? Here's what I found out. Tony don't have it 100% nailed. There's still some things that come to my mind that I wish would never come to my mind. 
There's still, every once in a while, something gets fired up in me, and I say something that's less than blessing. I'm not going to stand here and tell you I use bad words, because I don't, but it doesn't matter. What matters is the spirit behind the words that I'm using. And so I got to be honest with you. You know, there's some times when I'm crushed, when I'm being pressed, and, and the enemy, and, and man, it's not all sweet and beautiful. Are, are you there? Okay, so, so watch. So who am I then to look upon someone else's faults or failures and then just pronounce woe on them? No. See, be humble. Be humble. Look at them like Jesus looks at them. Just because I may have overcome a certain thing in my life or the Lord has helped me to overcome a certain thing in my life, I'm not stumbling over the same things that I used to stumble on. I've grown up a little bit in this area because of the Holy Spirit. That doesn't give me the right to be less than humble as it relates to my brother, my sister. Come on. Right? Because then what happens? I reduce this to a religion. Now it becomes about what I'm able and capable of doing. Right? So I want to be humble. And I show humility to, toward God by being obedient to his word. Amen? Right? And being humble with my brothers and my sisters. Amen? Amen. Okay, God bless you. That, but look, we have an advantage that they didn't have. We get to look back on all of the things that happened to them. And we have this, this word of God that we could study. And I, want, I, I was debating whether I should read this to you or not, but I really want to. And, I, and listen, I'm going to read part of this to you. P please go home and study it, get the full context. I'll, I'll try my best to give you the full context. Holy Spirit, help me. But, but I, I, really, this is awesome stuff for you, okay? And for me. In, in Psalm 81, beginning in verse 10, here's what it says. I am the Lord your God who brought you out of the land of Egypt. Open your mouth wide and I will fill it. Let me explain what he's saying there is. Open your mouth wide and I'll fill it. I'll give you the right things to say. Okay, that's what he's saying. But my people would not heed my voice. And Israel would, not, would have none of me. So I gave them over to their own stubborn heart to walk in their own counsels. Did you hear that? Do you know, do you know what God is saying? I'm going I'm I'm to See, now what is God saying? Okay, he's, he's saying Israel wouldn't listen to me. They wouldn't listen to me. I, I, you know, I was there. I was teaching them. I was telling them. I led them out, out of Egypt, but they wouldn't listen to me. So, I let them listen to each other. That's what he's saying. So, I let them listen to each other. Wow. Let's translate that to our current day and age. Okay? <clears throat> they won't listen to me. So I'm going to let them go ahead and talk to each other on Facebook, Snapchat, whatever, all of that other stuff. They wouldn't listen to me, so I let them believe this guy that calls himself a doctor of whatever, and so now they're listening to him. They wouldn't listen to me, so I'm ne there's a guy that shoots a basketball better than everybody else on the face of the planet. I'm going to let them listen to him. They wouldn't listen to me, but there's this superstar model that everybody has uh, just a, an eye for, so I let them listen to her. Is that tracking with anybody? Do you understand? Why do celebrities get to do these, get paid big dollars for endorsing stuff? Because they're celebrities and people will listen to them. Come on. Come on. So, so, uh, Help me out here. 
Help me out. Am I stretching the scripture? Isn't that what the scripture says? Listen. Tower of Babel. They, they build this tower. All of the people are of one language and they're talking to each other and they're doing this thing outside of God. They've had it in their mind and in their heart. They're not going to follow God. Right? Read it. Luke, help me out. Isn't that what it says? They have it in their mind and in their heart. So what does God do? He confuses their language. So they have to divide. They can't. He's, whatever they do, whatever they have in their heart and their mind to do, they're going to do. He doesn't mean that they can actually build a tower or a ladder to heaven. There, there's no way. He doesn't mean that they're actually going to get to me if I let them do No, he's not saying that. He's saying they're going to continue to make their own mistakes. They're going to continue to do what they want to do as long as they continue to think alike and speak alike. They're going to continue to do what they want to do. They're not, come on. So he confused the language. He divided them. Amen. Listen, I can't be a friend of the world. I have to stay unspotted from the world. Why? Why? So I can stay humble and receive the grace of God. That's truly being a follower of God. Amen? Okay, last verse, and then we're going to call it a morning. 1 Peter 5. This one is, is important, please. 1 Peter 5, beginning in verse 5. Yes, all of you be submissive to one another and be clothed with humility. For God resists the proud but gives grace to the humble. There it is again. God resists the proud, gives grace to the humble. Therefore, humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God that he may exalt you in due time, casting your care upon him, for he cares for you. Okay, my brothers and sisters, here's, this is so important because remember what it said. Jesus humbled himself and God exalted him. Didn't it say that? We're one of the, right? And so now look at what this is saying. Humble yourself under the mighty hand of God and God will exalt you. You don't have to exalt yourself. You don't have to make people take notice of you. God will take care of that. All you have to do is humble yourself before him. Let him be God of your life. Stop being God of your own life. I'm going to tell you all something. That's what we all suffer from. We, we know what we want, how we want it and, if it, and if we're praying to God and we don't get it, we're going to make it happen ourselves. That's not how he has intended for his people to live. We humble ourselves so that he can exalt you. Amen? And look at this. And we cast our cares upon him. Be anxious for nothing. Right? In all things by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. Let your request be known unto God. Be made known unto God. Amen? And the peace of God which passes human understanding will guard your hearts and minds by Christ Jesus in his name. Amen? Stand with me, please. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. God is amazing. And so anybody could say that and that's a safe thing to say, right? But let me ask you something. Do you really feel that way? Do you, no, no, come on, listen to me. Do you really feel that way? God is amazing. And, and, and listen, if you really feel that way, and you know that he is God, stop being God in your life. Stop. Humble yourself. He's going to extend grace. And when he extends grace, he's going to exalt you. He's going to lift you up. Amen? Amen. Is, does anybody believe that? I, I, no, no, no. Listen, honestly. 
with your heart. I mean, do you believe that? I believe it so much. But listen, as much as I believe that in this moment right now, and I feel the Holy Spirit of God all over me, like some of you do as well, I want, and I'm confessing that, but right in the middle of all of the stuff, I want to be convinced, I want to feel like I feel now. Is there anybody else in this room that would confess that as well? Right when you're in the middle of the stuff, when you're going through it, when you want to say, that's wrong, or you want to say, hey, you know, I'm better than that, or you want to say, whatever. It shouldn't be this way. When you want to, come on, when you want to compare yourself to somebody else, when you want to compare what you have against what somebody else has, all of those things, that's when I want to say, Lord, you are awesome. God, you are, you are so gracious. God, in this moment when we feel, and I'm convinced there are many in this room and many watching that feel this way, Lord, we want to be what you want us to be. So Lord, in those moments when we think we're owed or in those moments when we think whatever it is that we think, these human thoughts, Lord, arrest our hearts. Remind us of your word. And Lord, help us to humble ourselves under your mighty hand. Lord, my hope is that it doesn't have to be something forceful and, and, and just totally hurtful and harmful. Nevertheless, Lord, have your way with us. We submit our lives, our hearts, all that we are to you. And in this moment, Lord, when it's easy, we're around people who are like-minded and like-hearted and we're in church and we're praying. But Lord, when we're out there and we're not around the people that believe like us or think like us or we're even around those who would rather see us prosecuted and persecuted, Lord, help us in those moments. Lord, when we're under the gun and we feel like we can't take it anymore, Lord, in Jesus' name, would you please remind us of this moment and this feeling and this intensity that we have right now. Would you please, Lord, let it well up in us by your Holy Spirit that we may speak your word, that we may be filled with grace, find grace in your eyes. Lord, I pray all of this in the name of Jesus, my Lord, our Savior, and our soon-coming King. Amen and amen.